Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 10, Episode 3. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. And I'm Abbas. And to get me up... No, sorry. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I think we need like a group name, although I guess Echoes of Glory is a group name. Anyway, carry on. Um... I mean that's completely thrown the start of the show, but we're gonna t- we're gonna start by talking about last night's victory in the Europa League. Um, Abbas was one of the few people that was actually able to to watch it, um, which I'm amazed. Was it? Did you get a full stream of this one, Abbas, or did it drop off like the one before? No, luckily I got a full stream. Um, yeah, it was it was a free it was a Premier Sports stream, um, so it was all in English and everything. So luckily enough for me. Well, Premier Sports were the official. They had it officially, right? Uh, but I'm assuming did you pay for. I'm assuming you paid for Premier Sports. I yeah. Tell us a little bit about the game, Abbas. Like, what did you think? How did we play? Were there any sort of standout performance? Because it was the seeing the side that Jose selected. To me, it was like a really sensible team because he rotated. He had Kane on the bench, but he still we still had enough quality in the side to be able to go and get the job done. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about about how we played and who you thought did well or maybe didn't do well. Yeah, I thought I thought we started off the game really brightly um, in the first 10, 15 minutes and got the early goal with Lamella. Um, and then we sort of just took our foot off the gas a bit. Um, I think the pitch conditions didn't help us at all. It was the pitch was dodgy. Um, it was a bit bobbly. It was it looked like it hadn't been watered for about a month and a half. Um, it, and it sort of allowed um, the team, the North Macedonian team, to get back into the game. Yeah. And they, they, we got to around half time, and we we'd done just enough, but we hadn't killed the game off. And we had we had one or two half chances after the Lamella goal. Um, I, I believe Delhi had a had a had a shot straight at the keeper, and I think Toby had a header just wide. Um, but at half time at 1-0 in a, in a European away game the game is never dead it's never it's never done and you know they came out second half um the north macedonian north side and, and forgive me for the pronunciation of them so i'm just going to call them north macedonian side but you know they and and fair play to them they came out and they they went for it and they got the goal which was fully deserved at that stage um, because we were sort of on the ropes, we looked a bit disinterested. We great didn't goal really as well. It was a great it? goal. It's a fantastic Screamer. goal. Yeah. Um, you know, he couldn't have hit it any better. Um, you know, do you do you question Hart's position in there? You know, I don't, think, I don't think any. Like I've, I've literally just seen the goals back. I don't think any keepers getting anywhere near. It. I think that's just one where he's just caught it as sweetly as you can. It's in the top corner. It's a lovely strike. Do, it's yeah. a really lovely strike. Um, in terms of in terms of standout performances, and we'll get on to the, the two goals that we scored towards the end there, but in terms of who didn't perform so well, who performed well, um, I think I mentioned it in, in the WhatsApp group yesterday where I thought Wings had an absolute stinker. Um, David had a shocking game, and there was a third who I called out, um, who I can't remember for now. Um, Bergwijn didn't have a great game either. Um, and, yeah, I... I it, games like that, you expect Wings to take control of the midfield and just boss it, and he did anything but. You could say, potentially, you know, the pitch might have been at fault there, and he wasn't able to play his natural passing game, but those three guys, I, in my opinion, didn't have the greatest of games. I thought Ndombele had probably his best game under Mourinho. Um, it was typified by a lung-busting run back to defend in the 75th minute. Um, he played a full 90. He, you know, he, he's, his passing was immaculate. He lay, like his, his, his in between the lines, passing through to like Aurier for the crosses, which I think led to um, more of a shot on target where Sonden scored. Um, a standout performance for me was Ndombele. It was just, it was just absolutely incredible and all over the place. And and I know we'll, we'll probably talk about him later on, but for me, it was a start or something. And you know, you might you might question the quality of opposition, but I think it's a game that he needed, Spurs needed, Jose needed to say that look, actually, yeah, look, he can do it. And you know, it's we're, we're not expecting him to put performance in like that every single game because he's still very much a work in progress. But 
it's just that consistency. And if we can find that consistency with him, um, you know, we, we'll get the player that we signed for for 60-odd million. Yeah, and I think you made a few good points there. I think the first one about the pitch is always a leveller. Like, you can, th- these sides are never particularly great, but when you're on a surface that's like that, it does all of a sudden make the game a lot more even than what it would ever be on paper. The, you know, these are the type of teams that we're playing them at home. You'd expect us to win 3-4-0. I mean, it'd be very, very comfortable and us not really have to get our second gear. But as soon as it's on those pitches where the ball's bobbling around and you can't necessarily take a touch and have that little bit of time and space on the board, it, it can be difficult. Um, so I was obviously pleased to when I was, you know, trying to follow the commentary to hear that we'd gone in front early, I sort of thought, oh, that's sort of the the shock out the way. But then when they obviously got level, then you do start to get a bit nervous. But this is what I, I meant when I said earlier about, for me, you got the team selection bang on. And it was like, at one all, clearly it was a little bit cagey. We just needed a little bit of quality. I think he put Lo Celso and Kane on at the same time, just to give us that little bit of composure in possession. And by the yeah. sounds of it, from when Lo Celso went on, it was sort of it was just inevitable that we were going to go on and win because he he is that class act that will just put his foot on the ball in the middle of the park and get us playing. Um, the quality of the goals I thought were good. Like it was, you know, we say all the time that Eric Lamella is as good a Europa League player as you can find. Like that is his level, that is his competition. Like so, it doesn't surprise me to see him scoring. It was a lovely finish. And then the other goals as well, like Sun's one was a really really great finish. There's still a lot to do. And um, Kane's header was just clinical. So it was good. It, I think I'm just happy that we're scoring goals still. And it's like, you know, we've got five against Southampton and three here. It's like we've just got to try and keep that momentum going. Um, but that feels like, again, touch wood, the, the last sort of banana skin game that we could have. Because the next Europa League game, we're at home, I believe. So you'd think that, you know, we'd have to play really, really badly to not get through in that. It's always the away games that fill me with a little bit more, a little bit more nerves. It's the team, though, for me, because obviously we've got Newcastle, then Chelsea, Newcastle on Sunday, <laughs> New Chelsea on Tuesday, Maccabee Haifa on Thursday and then Man United on the weekend. So who do you play? I mean, we'll, we'll kind of know we're going to come on to those. That, well, let's, that's the that. let's, 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 let's jump. We can jump around on the agenda a little bit. Let's talk about that. Like, what, what, are you, what would you do if you're in charge, SD? How, how are you prioritising the next week? To me, the Chelsea game is the least important. That is your second team out there. Then I reckon you can do your first team for those two that Thursday and Sunday game against Maccabee. You, you go out and win it in the first half. And then you have a team out there to play Man United. Obviously, there's Man United and Jose, there's that there. And we need those points because that, that's the sort of team we're going to be battling because top two are done. Then you've got Arsenal. And then you've got Chelsea, really, maybe about third. And then you've got Arsenal, us, United, I think. They're the three. So that's three points we cannot drop. We cannot drop a point against them. So that's the most important game next week, I think. Do you think in- that the fact that we're playing Chelsea in the League Cup makes it different for Jose? Because clearly, from what we've seen in the documentary, like there is a... I mean, he's a competitive guy anyway, but you can really see that when he comes up against Chelsea, that that means more to him. Do you think that will have any influence over the team he puts out? I think everything that we're seeing from Jose and what I love about him is he's very professional and it is what is the best for this club in the long run. And the long, the plan is more important than the emotion, which for um, obviously for some of the players, you know, for the players that plays in the, the Battle of the Bridge, it's obviously important. Delhi's come out and said that the, the biggest derby for them is Chelsea because of what happened then, not Arsenal. But that's the kind of mentality I, I, I don't particularly love. I, I want every game to be the big one. I'd want them to approach every single game with with discipline. And obviously there's passion, obviously, and all that sort of stuff. But I want them to go out there and win these games. And so maybe, but if it was Chelsea in any other competition, then it would be important. But it's in the Carabao Cup. And I want us to treat it like Liverpool do. Just play the kids. And if we win, great. If we don't, We've learned something. Just play the kids, play the second team. I want to see Foyf playing. I want to see Regulion, Avi Serge um, play, even Aurea play. Yeah. All of those, yeah. I, I, it's, it's not an important cup. It, it it wastes so much energy. And we've got two waste of energy cups. Let's just focus on the one that will give us the Champions League at the end. I've heard that you. I read somewhere that you can't. You don't actually make any money from the Europa League unless you actually win it uh, from the Europa League, from the um, Carabao Cup, unless you actually win it. Why, why bother? 
I know a cup's a cup, and he usually goes and wins that one first in order to Jose in order to win something else. It's not important when we've got the amount of games that we've got, and there's so much potential in our squad to do so well. But I don't think spreading it thin is the answer. Abbas, what do you think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? I completely agree with everything AC is saying. I just think I think we might probably we'll probably see um, a slight. So that's my phone. That's very unprofessional, isn't it? Um, I think I think what we'll see is a slight. Um, like it will be a bit in between. So I think we'll play a strong team Sunday. I think Tuesday, just because it is Chelsea and there's obviously previous there with Mourinho, we might see a hybrid of the two strong teams. So, so you know, um, maybe Kane will be on the bench. Maybe you know, Endon might start. Celso might start. I actually argued that Maccabee Haifa on Thursday is the game where he can maybe play Lucas Bergwijn and. You know, Son maybe through the middle or whatever, um, and have that as a potentially slightly weaker team and giving Kane the rest there. Yeah. Um, just because I think for Mourinho, Chelsea is, is is too big. But ideally, I'd like him to go exactly how ASD's put it out and playing the kids on 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 Tuesday, given Sessegnon on the run, given you know Serkin, given whoever whoever it is for Carter Vickers giving them all game time, but I just don't see it happening. It's interesting. So I actually, I actually think we're in a position where I'd like to see us go stronger against Chelsea on Tuesday because I think on Thursday, the fact that we're at home, we'll be able to play a weaker team and get through that game. I think if that if the Thursday game was away, my mindset would be a little bit different, but I'd like to see us go fairly strong for the game on Tuesday. The reason that I say that is the League Cup is a trophy that I'd love to see us win because um, we need it. It's not the absolute be all and end all. And I think if we lose Tuesday night, I'll be disappointed Tuesday night, but then Wednesday morning, I'll be like, we've got bigger fish to fry this season than, than worrying about the League Cup. But if we can win Tuesday night and get through, there's the draw means that there are a lot of bigger Premier League sides that are going to be out already. Because if you look at who's played who and who is already gone, that actually quite a lot of decent teams are already out of the competition. So I would like to see us go fairly strong for Chelsea and then play the weaker side Thursday because I think even that team will have enough to get through that match purely because of the fact that we're at home. Um, and then we can, and we can go again for United. Um, so I think it would be different if there was a crowd. If we were either at Stamford Bridge with the Chelsea crowd or at the new White Hart Lane with the Spurs crowd... But I think it'll just, I don't think that en- that energy and passion will be there. But flipping it, the Israeli league is not great, but it's, it's. I mean, it's not up to the standards, but it's, it's the best opposition we've played so far. We've gone behind two games ago. We were level with this game where we had to bring on the big guns. We shouldn't, I don't think it's it's a buy-in. It's not a late in Orient game, you know, for the, for this against Maccabee Haifa. They, they're not going to be a walkover. And, We've been poor in Europe for years, you know, that we, we can't just say just because we got to a final a couple of years ago that we deserve to be in it, that they're there they're, they're, they're for the same reason we are. They, they've earned their place and I think they're going to be a decent team, obviously away from home on our big pitch, our big yeah. pitch. That's, that's that's more what that's more what I'm I'm not concerned about with the game on Thursday is the fact we are at home and we'll be able to have the likes of Winks and that out there that will be able to just dictate play and control them and I just think that that will be a game Thursday night where I think that we should be able to not even really have to get our second gear to win it and I don't want I don't want us to approach the game like that I don't know if you caught any of the Liverpool Lincoln game last night but any team that plays against the low league opposition the day before, just need to watch how Liverpool approached that game because that was, it, it was incredible watching them. Like you would have thought that they were in the Champions League final the way they played. It was the intensity with and without the ball was just remarkable. And it's what you said a minute ago, ASD, like in these types of games, especially when you've got such a big fixture list, try and kill the games in the first half hour. Like get a couple of goals in front and then you can slow the tempo and control it and not have to exert too much energy. And I think... Uh, I think just on that, Jack, I think that's what probably would have annoyed Mourinho about last night is yeah. that the game wasn't killed within the first half an hour. And then, you know, he had to bring on Kane and he had to bring on the Celso. And that's that's 30 minutes or 35 minutes that, you know, ideally they could have done without. Mm. 
Yeah, and I think as well, all of the stuff that we've seen in the documentary is Jose going on about intensity, intensity, intensity. Like, and that does seem to be the problem with a lot of the players that they need geeing up for certain moments and certain games. And it's like, if you can't motivate yourself for playing football at a professional level, like, I, I don't know, I just, I can't quite get my head around that. It's like, I play football at a much lower standard than even the North Macedonian side. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, but like, I get so much, like pumped up for those games that it's like you're literally willing to like die on the pitch to win like that, and that is like playing at no level whatsoever. So I can't, I can't, I struggle with players where they don't really seem up for it because it's like you're literally playing football at the highest level. Like, how can you not be pumped up for that? Um, but I'd, like I said, I'd like to see, I'd like to see personally us play a slightly stronger side Tuesday against Chelsea. Um, and then have a slightly weaker team for Thursday just because I think we'll be able to win. I think we've got a better chance of winning both games if we approach it like that. Whereas what I would hate is for us to almost sort of throw the game on Tuesday, play a strong side Thursday and, and win comfortably because I think our second string team will be able to win comfortably at home on Thursday. But we'll see. We've got Newcastle before that anyway. And, you know, there could be injuries or other stuff for us to think about that happens in that game that could end up throwing it as well. Well, speaking of... Sorry, sorry, Ace, you go ahead. Well, we've got four games. Then there's an international break for a competition, which is a is an actual competition now, but doesn't really mean anything. The Nations Cup, and then we're back for West Ham, and Bale should be back, so all the all the focus should be on Bale. Mm. So we should just go for it. This is the most important week of our season so far. We're only three game weeks in, but these are three games where if we lose, there's quite big imp- I, I'm ignoring the Newcastle game for the second quite big impact if we oh, lose yeah. any of these three, I mean three losses like would be disastrous I mean, to be honest three losses would be awful we've only lost one game in our last ten and that was the Everton game yeah. only, that's, we forget that because that's that's decent for us you know? yeah the Everton game was just one that really brought us crashing back down though wasn't it it was like on a high end like optimism and all that and then you play like that and you're just like oh well, I think it's pushed the transfers, I feel. I really do. Yeah, I, th- I think I think what that Everton game did was it forced us, it forced Levy Han into, you know, going into the transfer market. Um, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about transfer dealings shortly, but if you look at the window so far, and not, and not what's coming and what potentially could be coming, but if you look at the signings that we've made, I'd say they're actually, you know, they're, they're very good signings. I think Hoiberg has obviously taken a couple of games to settle in, and that's more than understandable. Um, and he might be an injury concern for um, Sunday because he rolled his ankle, but still played the whole game um, against Southampton. Um, but, you know, you've got Hoiberg and you've got Doherty in, you've got a very good keeper in Joe Hart, and then you've obviously got Bale and Regulon. So there's quality that has been added. And it's, I guess now the case is what more can be done in the next 12 days or whatever, however long left. Yeah. If we if we assume we don't bring anybody else in, right, and the squad we've got now is what we go with, what, what actually is our best side? So, like, what formation do you think is best and what personnel? Can I say for... I just... I don't agree with the point on that Hoiberg's taken a while to settle in. I think we've seen exactly what he's there to do. Just He's won a lot of balls, which we weren't winning last time. And he's just going around kicking people, which we haven't had for, for a while. I, I, you, I think you'll see with Hoiberg, especially like November, December, where you've got them awkward away games. When you look at West Brom and those places and it's Burnley and it's yeah. going to be a battle and a scrap. I think that's when there'll be the types of games where we'll look at him and be like, actually, no, he had a good game. I think that you know, games like Everton where they, they get in front and they sit behind the ball, you're not going to get much from Hoiberg. And it's like, you're just not. It's similar to Sissoko. It, it, it's not that player that's going to unlock the defence. Um, but I'm pleased that we've got a bit of aggression in the team now. Like, we just, we've lacked that for quite a while. Um, so, yeah, what do we think is, the, what do we think is our best side, ASD? What, what, what would you say? Is formation, first of all, like, where do you think we're best? 4 three, 3 I think, and I think that's the plan. I think obviously there'll be flex, but I think Kane, Son, Bale up front. I mean, that's devastating. Yes. I've never seen a Spurs attack like that. And that's I'm, a thief for front three, isn't it? Like, it's disgusting because Son is world class at the moment. 
Uh, there's there's not a team in the world who wouldn't improve. I'm talking Bayern, Liverpool. He's better than Mane for me. Mane is is brilliant, but I, he's better. He's definitely better than Salah, who's been ineffective, relatively ineffective. I feel obviously there's, he's scored a few, and but I think you take him out of that Liverpool side and, and put him into Spurs side, he's not doing anywhere as good as um, Son is. I think Son is is unbelievable, and I think he might get burnt out. I think that's that's the risk for him. Um, Kane's on bail, and then the three has to be Hoiberg, Le Celso, and Dombele, and then hopefully, you said no more people coming in. Hopefully that this Grinrar comes in. He's been one of my favourite players for a long time. He's just well, he was the best centre back in in Serie A, not not towards the end of last season, but really recently. And then it it would have to be Davis on the left, um, Doherty on the right. And then uh, centre backs are hard, but we'll we'll mm-hmm. see. It has to, for me. It would be Aguero's probably Toby and maybe Dyer. Dyer still he's got a lot of problems at centre back. To be honest, yeah, uh, centre back is an issue, a real issue. And then obviously Reese, who I still think is is absolutely brilliant. He made some saves in the game on the weekend that we haven't seen the keeper make in a long time. He's he's so good. And I, th- I still think he's underappreciated. Anyway, that, that would be my starting eleven. And, and that's then... what about you. What do you think? I, d- I don't think it changes too much um, there. Um, other than Davis, Davis wouldn't start, but Regulon would start. Mm. Um, I think that team, as he said, other than that one change, is pretty much spot on. Um, if if there were you know additional team players in, so like as 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 ASD mentioned, Skriniar would. I, I don't think we're going to underestimate how much of an important sign-in someone of his like, calibre and stature would be for us. Because yeah. um, he would absolutely go in and shore up his defence. Um, you've got shaky moments from Dyer at, at any given opportunity. Same with Sanchez. And if you just had him in the middle there, um, him and Toby automatically become one and two as a as a ASD shaking his head. No, I'm, that is the dream. I, oh, I sorry. Believe it. What I just because yeah, he's Scrinia and Toby would be great. So oh, if you had a back four of of Doherty, Scrinia, Toby, and Regulon, that's pretty good. Thing is, we haven't seen Regulon yet, and Davis is is re- reliable. And the only the problem with Davis is we all, is he's not attacking enough and so we're lopsided and so it means all the focus comes on our right which makes it very easy to defend against and attack against I feel because everything comes down our right behind Doherty or, and that's the problem with, um, The Sorry. thing with, for, for Davis at, at left back is that obviously there is the label that he's more defensive and he's not good going forward and it's like I, I've always sort of thought that, that that was a little bit unjust and I think if you look at statistics and statistics alone doesn't tell the whole story but him and Rose in terms of like assists I bet that there's not actually that much in it between the two of them the difference for me was always that Davis hasn't got the the sprints to be able to recover whereas if you think back to to that period where we had Danny Rose right where he was left wing back and he was getting full putting cross and then he was back defending on our box it was like because he had the physicality to be able to do it and Davis has just never had the recovery it was the same with Trippier it was like if, if they're both really high up the pitch and, and we get caught they can't get back at the same the same intensity as what the other guys can so it makes sense that he he sits behind the ball a little bit more but in games where we've controlled possession Davis is great going forward because when we've got 60-65% of the ball he can go forward because he knows that he's not going to have to be sprinting back um, so I always feel like he gets a little bit of, a, of the wrong end of the stick really Ben Davis but just on the team and the formations from what we've done in the transfer market I think we're going to end up playing the back three and I think that you, you've got Doherty who is one of the best right wing backs in the Premier League the last couple of seasons and I think it seems a bit of a madness to me to not play him in that in that role and then this um, regular who we've got in from Real Madrid I can't say I've ever seen him play but that my understanding is he's an attacking fullback as well so for me I'm like you'd have the two of them out there you'd have three centre-halves which at the minute would be Dyer, Alderweireld and Sanchez potentially Ben Davis could play left side of the three like he does for Wales then you have two in the middle Hoiberg and Lo Celso, and then the front three of Sun, Bale and Kane so I, I think that that's that we're going to end up seeing a back three, especially if he brings another centre half in. Um, for me, I don't know too much about this centre back from Inter Milan, but what we lack so far is mobility in our centre backs because teams win the ball back and they just 
hit, hit the space behind Doherty or Aurier. And whoever's playing right centre-back just doesn't have the mobility to be able to go out there, which surprises me that Sanchez has had little game time because of all our centre-halves, like he's the one that's quick. So for me, it would make sense for him to sort of play on that, on that right side because if we do get caught, he, he's got the ability to be able to go out into fullback areas and defend, whereas Dyer and Alderweireld don't particularly at the moment. So I think a front, that, that playing that system of 3-4-3 three, three could be really, really devastating and it would free Bale up a little bit as well. And I think that my, I just I don't want to necessarily see him like on the wing and waiting for the ball. I want to see him being able to drift and get on the ball and make stuff happen so that Kane can stay quite Kane can stay quite central. Um, but we've got options now, which is good, and it's like we can play different systems. We've got different personnel. I think interestingly, in none of our teams there, none of us have got Delhi in it. So that's yeah, quite a telling. Sense. That's quite a telling story. I've been thinking about this. He's a bit Özil for me. He's a luxury. I don't know where he plays. He was at his best when we had when we played a four-two-three-one, and we had the three as uh, Son, Ericsson and Delhi uh, just rotating behind Kane, and that was in fifteen-sixteen. We haven't seen the best of him since then because he's not a ten. Because we had Ericsson as the ten behind the striker, he might be like some sort of false nine without getting boring. He might be a false nine, but we don't play that way. And I just, he's he's not consistent enough. And I think he's a bit old Tottenham now. You know, I think he's a bit passive. I don't see him want it enough. Like I love the boy, and his goal. You know, we get some of the best goals of the last five seasons have pretty much all be from Delhi. You know, like what he did against Real Madrid, the Man United goal, the goal against Arsenal in the Carabao Cup, that that dink, the goals against Chelsea. All my favourite goals are from Delhi. But is he just taking up a, a space where you could have someone who's super hard working in? Like right now, I'd start more ahead of him. Like I can't believe I'm saying that. You know what? You know what's interesting there, Esther, is you mentioned some of the goals that he scored there, and a lot of them are similar in terms of, if you think about those goals, he's making forward runs. He's, he's going beyond the centre forward. And I can't remember the last time I really saw him do that. And it's like, he's, he was asked under Potts to play a different role because we were playing different formation. And it's the same with England. And I felt a bit for him. But my worry is it's been so long since he's been in a system where he's been able to play like that, that it's like, can he get that back? And he had the initial bounce when we got Jose in. And he did put him back in that position and said to him, play out there with Kane, link yeah. up with him. And, and he started scoring and getting assists. My worry is that I feel like that's the only position he can play. And I don't. I think that when he just plays central midfield, I think he's a bog standard central midfielder. I think he's brilliant uh, in the penalty area. He, he's, he's literally Frank Lampard-esque. He will get you goals. But we don't, we don't play a way where we control games as such anymore. And I think that it doesn't suit him. And we still lack that ball-playing midfielder since Ericsson's gone. And if you think of the amount of goals where Ericsson literally picked the ball up, Delhi made a forward run and bang, we'd score from it. And it's like, we, we don't really score those types of goals anymore, which worries me a little bit for him because that's what his game is. It's making forward runs. And it's like, if you haven't got a player that can play the pass and you're not set up in a way that allows you to do that, I'm a little bit worried for him. Um, he's a brilliant, brilliant footballer. It's just whether or not he can and wants to adapt, or is it a case of actually I'm gonna I'm gonna try and go and play somewhere else. Totally reminds me of is David Bentley, it's Joe Cole, where supremely talented and the sort of aggression where you don't get it in normal footballers. Like if you had his attitude in Ericsson, Ericsson would be ten times better because Ericsson's yes. problem is his, his attitude. But he just he it's almost too easy for him at times. He's not disciplined enough. I just want him to to like you saw I've I'm I started rewatching the documentary the other day and he, the, one of the first things he says is that about how lazy he is. And he calls him out like three times in the first episode about how lazy he is. And you can see it in him. And I know there's editing and but you can see it on the pitch. I just he hasn't improved in two years. And if you haven't improved, it's 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 the same with Winksy. Winksy hasn't really improved in a couple of years, and you just go, "Is that it now? Have we seen the best of you?" And like Lamella is is a is a is a problem we should have cut off 
and replaced really we should have been, and we're in the same place with Delhi now really because he'll go through another he'll score nine goals this season and we'll go you know two of them will be amazing one of them will be against Man City one will be you know in the quarterfinals of the, the Europe League and we'll go well look what he did it, it, but it's all memories it's not I'll tell you what makes me nervous though about Delhi is that if he if he went somewhere like for me I still have that belief that he can turn it all round and it's like if he went to like I don't know like City or somewhere like that I'd be like he's going to end up being quality again do you know what I mean whereas with like a Lamella I'm like he's just not that great whereas like I still feel delhi has got that quality it's just like how do you unlock it so he it's needs like a team that plays the same formation every week it reminds me of um Oh, what's the player we bought from Everton and he came over here and didn't do well and then went back and scored against us on his debut. Pienaar. He reminds me of that where he could be the main man in a team and just be everything to that team. But he's in, in among superstars who are just better than him and he's he, he's not keeping up with them. I think he needs a team that's just built around him. Like you said, we need a very specific system. It's very sad. It's very sad. But if he goes to Monaco, that would be great for him. You know, he'd just be a playboy in Monaco and play in a tiny stadium. Um, what do we think? Well, I mean, we touched a little bit on the Inter Milan centre. Can I just say, Ben Davis zero assists the last two seasons in the Premier League. Zero? Zero. Oh, I almost don't believe that. You know, I, I love him. But he, and he, he can get forward. He just, I think if you ever looked at his average position, it'd be far closer to the halfway line than yeah. beyond. I think it's, that's, that's the problem. He, he knows if he goes forward and we lose it, he can't get back. I think that's that's what the issue is. Like if, if you were to give him Danny Rose's, you know, physicality, like what a left back you've got there. And it, it seems like this this guy we've got from Madrid is almost like the opposite of him. And it's like it's just going to be the one bombing forward. So we've got we've got the two options. Well, that's a system thing. Sorry, mate. Go on. No, sorry. No, with Regulon, because um, you know we had that little pre that tournament at the end of last season where they had the quarterfinals, the semi-final and the final all in about 10 days. And obviously Sevilla won it and he was part of that team. So I watched every single one of those games and, and he featured in them. And I think he got a goal against, um, I think it might have been Roma. Um, but as, as you guys say, bombing forward, he's yeah. brilliant. He's very, very good. And, it, and it, it's sort of like a throwback to where we were a couple of years ago with our fullbacks where... They're brilliant going going forward. Defensively, um, from what I've seen, I don't think he's as solid as Ben Davis. But that's not to say that that improvement cannot be made. Yeah, he's still he's still twenty two or twenty three. However old he is, he's still quite young. He's obviously rated very high enough for Real Madrid to have a buyback clause in within two years of ten million more than what we've paid for him, or whatever it is. So he's he's very highly rated. It's it's just. I guess time will just tell, but I think going forward, it changes the dynamics of the attack a lot more, and we, we as a result of that, we become a bit more balanced and not as lopsided as as yeah. we have been um, using the right hand side. Yeah, no, def- definitely. And what do you want uh, to happen in the rest of the transfer window, Abbas? Is, is there a certain player or a certain position you still think that we're lacking in, or are you you happy if this is the squad and this is what we go with? No, I, I think I think there's still. I think there still needs to be a lot done in transfer window in, in terms of outgoings, not not so much in, incomings, yes. So, but outgoings, we've still got Foyth, we've still got CCV, we've got Danny Rose. Rose, yeah. I'm, I'm happy, I'd even say Lamella or whoever else in, in, in that area. Um, but in terms of incomings, of, I, I think we still need a backup. Um, and that centre-back of Strenia or even Ruben Diaz, who's been mentioned, um, and he's another exceptional, exceptional centre-back. Um, and he's 23, he's, he, he plays with Benfica, um, but Benfica's hand has been slightly forced with the fact that they don't have Champions League football this year, um, and obviously with the COVID pandemic, they've been hit financially, so they're looking to try and cash in maybe on essentially the star player. Mm. Um, and Ruben Diaz is, you know, Quality. If if there was a toss up between him or Skriniar, it's tough because I think I think there's there's no wrong choice there because they're both equally good at each other. The only thing is Ruben Diaz is 23, Skriniar is 25. So if you're looking at maybe experience or if you're looking for youth and longevity, that's yeah. probably the only question. So 
centre-back is definitely top of the agenda, and then a backup striker in whoever that may be. There's been 101 names thrown around, but two in and about five or six out. Yeah, I'm a bit more relaxed about the centre-forward thing now that we've got Bale, because I'm like, I know we don't necessarily have an an out-and-out number nine that when Kane doesn't play can go and do that, but I think in Bale, Son and Lucas Moura, You've got three players there that can really play all across the front three. And Kane is going to be playing most of the time anyway. And I think it will just be games against weaker opposition or half an hour here or there. I'm a, I'm a lot calmer about that now. And I think I, I, I'd sort of said all along, I didn't think that we'd get somebody of Bale's calibre. But, but my opinion of it was we need an attacker that can play multiple positions for that exact reason that Kane is going to play so many minutes. That it's like if you just go and get an out and out number nine, they're going to be quite limited. So I, I, it was always on my agenda. Like, let's go and get somebody that can play wide and can play through the middle. I just never, I never imagined we'd go and get one of the best players in the world in his position in Gareth Bale, which is brilliant. So I'm calm about that. But I do agree with the centre-half thing. I think I look at us there and you think as well, like if Aldevera was to get a bad injury, you're really like, you've got Sanchez, Dyer and Foyth. And it's, that's, you know, that's, that's not enough. So I think if we were to go and get a commanding centre-back, I think that that would free up Alderweireld a little bit as well, which might sound silly, but I think, you know, I feel like, especially if you go and get somebody that's big and powerful and good in the air, Toby can go back to playing his game. Um, So I think that that would be brilliant. I still worry a little bit central midfield. I still look at it and think we haven't got that much in there in terms of real quality. And I know a lot of it hangs on, can we get Ndombele firing? Because if we can then all of a sudden, you know, your all of your prayers are answered. But how many times have we said that about players? I think it's his season. I've got confidence in him. And I think in Lo Celso, I think we've got absolute world-class quality there. I think he is absolutely brilliant. Like, I think he should, he'll be the rock in the centre. Um, Skrinra is poor aerially. That's why he's dropped out of favour at Inter. So that's something we need to be careful of because that's one thing you know Dyer will go up and even if he doesn't win it he will challenge for yeah, those balls yeah he's good in the air Dyer and that that's something we need to be careful of but Toby's good in the air so if you have Toby leading anything aerial that's something we need to be careful of but Bale you know I've watched a lot of Bale play for the national team right and I think one thing we're no, no one's really speaking about is people put two players on Bale because there's nothing you can do about him because he's 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 his pace he's not a pace merchant anymore he's so strong and he's so positionally good and he can do so much with his like he can be short long you can have the ball close to him or in front of him um now when he plays for Wales obviously he's got Ramsey and it's those those two are the engine you've got Joe Allen behind him and maybe Kiefer Moore in front of him. Like Kiefer Moore is not the world-class centre forward, so a lot of the, the responsibility falls on those two. Um, but that's why it's so exciting for what we've got, because I think Sun would, is, pro- is probably a better player than Bale right now, just because Bale hasn't played at all. But in Kane's maybe the, one of the best strikers in the world, top three. Like, what do you do against that? I, d- I don't know how you defend against that, and that's super exciting. And so what you need in behind them is a is a defence, is a sort of midfield that will stop balls and then just feed it forward to the front three. And with Ndombele playing like Ndombele, Hoiberg, and the Celso, I think that's that could be world class. I really, really, really do. I think Kane, Kane especially, must have just been buzzing about Bale coming in because how Kane has games where when teams set up with a, with three centre halves, they just put a triangle around him and he mm. he can never get in the game and he ends up going so deep to get the ball that it's pointless. Whereas like what you've said there, Esty, is so right. Teams aren't necessarily going to be able to set up like that against Kane now because then you're going to have Bale drifting in. And and this is what I mean. This is why I really want to see us play in a way that allows Bale to almost have a free roll and just sort of drift all over the pitch and pick the ball up. Basically what he did in that AVB season where you, nobody could really tell you where he played. He just played where the ball was. It was just, it was incredible. And I think if we can find a way to free him up and then have Kane centrally and then Sun in those sort of wide pockets like that is such a dangerous attack. It really, really is. And I just think if we can get the central midfielders going and actually have somebody in there that can thread passes through, like that, honestly, like, I feel like now Mourinho, he he has to play a certain way with that front three. Like, 
I, I love Jose and I'm, I'm all for a pragmatic approach and winning. But I think with, with that attack, you have to be on the front foot. Like, there's no other way of playing. Like, I'll, I'll just, I think that, I think he will be a lot more attacking now. But I'll just, I, I hope that just looking at those names on paper, it's like you've got to be on the front foot because it's just, you can't have that many goals up front and not be going at teams now. So for me, I'm, I'm really intrigued when Bale does get fit how we approach the how we approach these games now especially against the bigger teams like yes. are we gonna, you know when we come up against city liverpool united arsenal are we going to go for them now um because with with an attack like that how can you not yeah for sure i i can't see why we wouldn't just go for teams and that pegs them back and changes their game i i honestly this is the most exciting if we get that center back and and Don Bellet's playing the way he should do. I've never seen a better Spurs side. Like that 15-16 or the one that where we left way out lane was a 16-17 or whenever it was. That was a great team, but that was carried on a wave of emotion. This is like this could be a ruthlessly efficient, just dangerous team that changes the way teams play against us. And it should the the only thing is is we've got a first eleven and then once you start to break that up, it becomes a little bit messy. But then I don't know. There's there's a second eleven there. That's why the the midfield worries me because I look at the attack and I see that front three that we've talked about, and then behind that you've got Delhi, Lamella, Lucas, Bergwijn, like good good players. Obviously not the centre, but you've got real depth there. What worries me about central midfield is if you take Lacelso out you're putting in Sissoko or you're putting in Winks. And it's like that for me is where the level really, really drops. Um, Mm. But it's as good a strength in depth as I can remember us having, especially in attacking areas, which is what is so exciting. But just a quick, a quick question. How buzzing were you as a Welshman as well, that it is Bale back? You must've just been. Because it's not just Bale, but I mean, Bale, got to imagine Bale was, I think the year below me at school, at a rival school, a good church high. So I used to play football against his school. Like there's, there's pictures of me in the paper playing football against his school. Um, like it, it's Witcher. Like it's it's part yeah. of Cardiff. It's just another bit of Cardiff. Um, obviously I didn't play against him. He was he was off in Southampton, but yeah. by then. And then I've seen him play for the national team. Like he didn't even play in the the Belgium game in the 2016 Euros, which is the only game I've ever cried at when we beat Belgium three one. But you got to remember, this. he was the centre of the team when I was going week in, week out, home games, away games. And he, he, he it was all bail. Yeah. And I've criticised him in the past for his, his first touch is horrendous. Um, and, you know, we used to sing, he plays on the left, Gareth Bailey plays yeah. on the left because he just used to play in the middle all the time. He's quite easy to defend against because he just had the left foot at that point. And you just show him on his right and there's nothing you can do. But I got quite emotional. Because yeah. it was like we knew it was going to happen, and I was refreshing. I had tonsillitis as well, and I couldn't sleep. I was getting two hours of sleep a night, so I was just refreshing. I was like, Spurs official are never going to put it out at 10 o'clock at night. Why am I refreshing this? Why am I refreshing? I was refreshing. And then suddenly we got the video about Serge, and you saw the number nine shirt in the background, and you saw him ring his mate. And, he, and I like, I got emotional because this yeah. is Gareth Bale. Like, this is, he came to us because he wanted to come home, because he wanted to be loved. Oh, I'm getting emotional now. Um, so exciting, isn't it? And then just, it's just amazing that we're going to have Kane and Bale in the same side. Like, you know, we'll look back in 30, 40 years when we're still talking nonsense on this podcast and we're in about season 60. And we will say, like, you know, we'll be talking about the greatest players we've seen and Kane and Bale will be in that conversation. And, and it's son. like, to, and, and Son potentially, but and to have had them all in the same side is just. Mate, Son is the best foreign player we've ever had at Spurs, excluding British players. He's the best foreign player ever. Modric. Yeah, Modric, Modric, you know, he he blossomed when he was at Real Madrid. He was brilliant for Spurs. He was world-class at Real Madrid. Um, and I'm sure people will talk about Adiaz and a few other people, but Son is, is, is just well, a step above. He's yeah. class. And like, like I've always said about Son, if he becomes more clinical, which I mean, Southampton, I don't expect him to get four every week, but that was such a clinical display of finishing. It was just, it was again like a game, like like a video game. It was just, you're in, you shoot, back of the net. It was just, it was ridiculous. And it's like, if he can do that, 
then for me that puts him in the next bracket up and it's like he's showing all the signs that he can start to do it if he can do that for the next five six months Christ will be in a good position it's left foot. The, the first goal was obviously the best one the one where Kane played the wide ball and I didn't think he'd had the chance but somehow he squeezed that right foot shot into the far post and you just went geez like he's so good um, left or right footed like it's like Ginola like it, it both feet equally as, as as good it's just, it's ridiculous well, and he must be impossible to defend against because he can go left or right. And as a keeper, he's often in one-on-ones on keepers. What do you do? He's yeah. got this amazing ability to, to hit it up into the top yeah. corners of the net. And you can't defend against him because you don't know where he's going to go. I love that. And he just, you can see he loves Spurs and he loves just playing football and he loves his teammates. I just, he's, what a professional. He's, and that was what I was going to say. He strikes me as a guy that like everybody loves him. Mm. Like, and he just be the type of guy that, as a manager, he must be a dream. But as a teammate, you'd be like, he's going to have my back in a game. Like, whatever happens, he's not going to give up. And it's like, they're the qualities that you really, especially Jose looks for in, in his players. So he's a sensational player. And it's like, to think we nearly got rid of him after that first year. There was mm. talking going back to Germany, wasn't there? And yeah, yeah. It's like... We, yeah. Don't to, we also need to remember, like, what a global amount of global income he brings. Like, oh, yeah. Korea, he is everywhere. His face is on. He's in but all the. Like, that was probably the biggest reason why we got him. Was like from a because when we bought him, he was nowhere near the player he is now. I don't think anybody imagined he would be. It was commercially, it was a brilliant signing, and he was going to come and be a decent player for us. And it's just it, he's gone from strength to strength, and long may it continue. And I feel like for him, this could be such a brilliant season as well. Like with with those guys, he's going to be up there alongside. It could be the season for Sun. It really could. Yeah, his contract runs until 2023. So we've got a good it's two more years after this. So I'd hope we, we're trying to lock him down again now because, I mean, he's 28 now. So actually that'll take him to 30. So we've got him. So he's got one big move, I reckon, he's left in him. Con- just... He's got one contract left, doesn't he? And then you hope that it's with us. Yeah, because what a player he is. Still yeah. lives with his mum and dad. He's got a whole room just for fan mail because he gets so much of it. What, what a player. I love him. What a player. Well, look, what, what are we saying for Newcastle just before we wrap um, today's podcast up? We think that that'll be a victory at the weekend? 4-0. Like, they, I mean, they beat Morecambe 7-0. When I say beat, they they beat them. Like, they properly, they just didn't stop. Um, but I, 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 it's Newcastle and I, I just think we'll smash them. I really do. Abbas, what do you think? I think, um, I think the Newcastle game will win... 2-1. Um, I think there might be a bit of a scary moment because I think I think Callum Wilson, especially in if, if he's able to get in behind our defence, um, he's a good finisher. Um, so I, I see them nicking the goal, but they might nick a goal at 2-0 um, and just bring it back and have a nervy 15-20 minutes. But I think we'll, we'll still beat them. That sounds like what will be a typical Spurs league game against the team we should beat. <laughs> <laughs> like in control and then you let them back in the game and it's nervy. Um, I think I think we'll win. I'll probably agree near enough word on word with what you've just said there, Abbas. I can't see them not scoring. I know Newcastle aren't great going forward, but I just can't see them not getting one of those dodgy, scrappy set piece goals. Just an, just an ugly goal. Um, but I think that we'll have enough. We'll have enough to beat them. Um, I dropped so- my ball. I dropped my ball. I didn't say I have a Spurs ball. I've been using every day for like five years, and I dropped it yesterday, and it's I smashed it, and I honestly devastated. That, but that I feel like that could be symbolic of something. Do you know what I mean? Because yes. well, since you've had that ball, we haven't we haven't won anything. Well, I can't even. <laughs> It'll be a bit of a mess to clear up. Uh, yeah. Well, look, look, gents, great as always chatting to you. There's going to be so many games for when to review next week when we speak again. Um, thanks everybody for listening, and remember whatever happens, future's bright, future's Lily White. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are 
Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsmann. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blanchflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.